0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 356. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your every day. Hello, my friends, and thank you so much for joining us on this new episode of The Lively Show, which is an interview. Yes, as those who have listened to the show or started back at the beginning, even if you've recently, you know, gone back into the archives, you will know that I started the Lively Show with a heavy emphasis on interviews years and years ago and that has definitely shifted over the 7 years that I've been podcasting to doing a lot of personal one-on-one shows with you here in the Lively Show. And in part that's because I really Care about when I have an interview, the point of view and the message that's being shared. And what I really found with this one that you're going to hear today with Nahama Waxman is that. It is so exciting for me to be sharing stories of people that are living from their inner voices and changing them in wonderful ways. These aren't necessarily people interviewing wise that I'm looking for that have you know been best-selling authors or thought leaders in the world. I'm really excited not from thought leaders and mental people, but people living from their inner voice and the wisdom inside them with very beautiful and relatable life experiences. I think that is so special right now to me and what I want to share with you. So Nahama, today, thank you so much for coming on the show and doing this interview. I was so excited to be sharing. Nahama is a wonderful woman living in New York, as you will hear, and a mother of four and a wife to Abraham, who you're also going to hear about because he too has a role to play here in the lively community as well. And Nahama, as I've gotten to know her through her IVFT training, had an amazing experience with her most recent pregnancy. Like I said, she's a mother of four and the most recent pregnancy you're going to hear all about and how she approached it differently using her interval voice, which led to a pain-free pregnancy. It's amazing. Her shift on motherhood is also truly something I think that is so relatable and inspiring at the same time. So very excited to be sharing her life experiences with you guys, because I don't have that personal motherhood experience to be sharing directly, but I know so many people can relate to parenting here in the Lively community. So before I go into that also, just in case you're curious, if you want to reach out to Nahama after listening to the show, you can find her over on the Lively community app at N-E-C-H-A-M-A, Nahama. So at Nahama is her handle in the Lively Community app, which is free to download. There's 2,300 other wonderful people besides Nahama on the app as well, including myself and many other people that are listeners to the Lively Show or IVFT facilitators or people that have taken other courses with us. Basically, anybody that's a fan of being in the community can join for free. If you also are interested, we share her experience with IVFT. IVFT is starting in October. So if your inner voice feels like it's a fit, we're excited to work with you in our next round. The actual official start of IVFT will be October 18th. And we have a free class for those that register for IVFT coming up called Aligned Relationships in October 5th, 6th, and 7th. So that's going to be a course that's freely offered to those who pre-register for IVFT before October 5th, 6th, and 7th, so they can join us live. If you're also interested you'll be able to join that and just pay for exclusively that class now aligned relationships isn't a dating relationship context it's pretty much people in your life whether they're friends family partners or peers or in the global community as well we're going to talk about the power of relationships and how that connects to your consciousness I'm excited to do that one because it's a topic we haven't directly touched on in any previous classes so it'll be perfect to do there so yeah there you guys have it I'm so excited for you guys to meet Nahama so with that let us Let's go to the show. Hello, Nahama. How are you? I'm
1: great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Okay. This has been, I feel like it's been five years. It hasn't been that long since I've done an interview, but back in the day, I used to start off with the question, tell us how you got to where you are.
1: (sighs) Um, It's been a long journey and it feels like I've been on that journey forever. But more specifically with you, Jess, um, a good friend of mine introduced me to your podcast and like, it's just that there there's been no turning back since then. <laughs> How long ago was that? <laughs> um, that was, I think it was like a bit over two years ago. It was like May or June of 2018, of okay. no, 19, I guess, 19, would that, would that be two years? Yeah. So so yeah, and that's been it's been wild. it's been amazing. So my you know just there's so much that you learn in your journey, but I think once you get in touch with your inner voice, it takes an entirely new direction and it just like shades everything differently. So you're still finding you're still learning new stuff, you're still finding new teachers. you're still constantly growing in your spiritual journey. but when you're in touch with your inner voice, it's it's a whole different entirely different because you have something else guiding you, you know, and you're making choices in a different way. And you're, you're just, you feel led. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's not that
0: you're being led by some ancient alien or you know mm-hmm. some entity that's other than you it's just your wisdom guiding you rather than your mind exactly. isn't that amazing exactly. no actually it's kind of funny because when it comes to you Nahama I actually met your husband first which we'll we'll share a little bit about Abraham a little later but I think he was the first yeah. one of you both that I personally yeah. worked with one-on-one but exactly that which is a whole amazing story in and of itself but let us start in terms of like you're a mother you live in New York do you want to tell us a little bit about that
1: Yeah. I'm a mom. I have four kids. I live in New York, like you said. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty determined to take the whole mothering thing and with my inner voice and the concept of flow and the, the, just the fact that like I, in my life want to be in ease and flow and I want to be really connected to my inner voice and I want to stay in this journey. And like on the outside, it seems contradictory because as a mother, you're just busy so much and there's so much to do and I prefer to be, I just always prefer being overdoing. I always did, you know, like that was just who I was before I even understood this language before I even understood what I was getting at. I knew this is what I wanted. So it's definitely has been a challenge to figure out how to balance that. But that has, that's, I'm still very focused on that. That's what I want to (laughs) do.
0: I love it. Four children, right? It's easy for people to look at me and say, it's easy for Jess. But when you're doing it for children, like that's a completely different scenario.
1: Yeah, it is. But it's like, I'm not going to give up. I want to not do as a mom. Like I want to do the least possible. I want to be, I want, I want to model that for my kids. And I want my life to be easy and flowy. And it, and it can't be that, you know, Uh, just because I chose to, you know, birth four souls into this world that I should have less, like it doesn't, right? Every human being should be able to really be in that state all the time because it's, it's our natural state. It's where we're supposed to be, right? Like the whole mind control thing is not, it's not really natural, right? No. Or I don't know, maybe no. it became natural. It's, but... <laughs> it's
0: become ingrained
1: in our society and mass consciousness. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think the biggest challenge is just like going against what people have come to think of as like good parenting or healthy parenting or like what makes you a good mom, you know? Um, so just going up against that and saying, no, like if I don't take responsibility for things, right? If I trust that my inner voice or that my children's inner beings are guiding them and I don't have to do so much for them. I don't have to be on top of everything. I don't ha- I can just like allow things to happen even in areas that would be considered irresponsible. Um, yeah, that's, that's a because- term.
0: That's a really loaded term you just shared there. A good mom. <laughs> Isn't that <Yes>. An interesting <laughs> thing. Like what does that even, that, I just realized that's a heavy, uh, badge for it's- the mind to actually got to go. What is that? And, and what have you found? Yeah. I think if you're living from the mind, yeah,
1: yeah, if you're living from the mind, you're going to always be trying. I know because I was there, right? I'm still like getting out of that like shadow of it. But I'm like, I really turned a corner already. Like I gave gave it up, but it was a struggle to get out of that mindset of like, and I think every mom relates to this. I want to be a good mother, right? Of course I want to be a good mother. Like I chose to be a mom and and I'm going to do the best job at it. And I, I like, I kind of like owe everything to these little people, which is not true. Like, why do you think you owe everything to those little people? But we just do, we think that we have to give them everything. And so we go in with this mindset where we think that we can do that, you know, and reality, these people, these people, (laughs) they're little and there are children, but they're people, they're their own sovereign beings. And we come with this idea that we have to be a good mom. And that, I think that impedes on their, um, ability to be their own people because we're busy saying, okay, I have to make sure everything's good for you. I have to help you do this and that, right? I have to even take a small example or, or not so small maybe of like food and eating. It's like, I have to make sure you get the proper nutrition. I have to make sure you grow properly. It's like, this is my job. It's what makes me a good mom, right? But even though they're they're small and they're, maybe their cognitive minds are not as developed they're still sovereign beings, they're still in charge of themselves, they still have their inner voices that really are know what's best for them, and that's guiding them in, in the best way for them, which we can never know. In our minds, we can't know that, right? So really letting go of the notion that you can even be a good mom in that way, and that you could even, you know, get your kids to do something that's good for them. Like, what does that even mean, right? Like, do we even know? But, you know, so coming from the place of I trust, I trust that these children um, are going to find their, like, They their inner voices are guiding them and guiding me too, right? Like, my, like, I'm, we're living in the same, in the same space. And so if I tune in to this deeper wisdom on, on my deeper wisdom and their deeper wisdom, I'll know, like, I'll know. And I can just hands off, like, as much as possible. I can really hands off. And the truth is, for me, I... In the areas where I, I worked on letting go and, and really flowing, that's where it's easy for me to just, okay, you know. As an example, even just for food, um, which has been a little bit more of a challenging area. See, everybody has a place where they're, you know this, the chew toy, right? Yeah. So it's like the place where your mind just can't let go. So I see it in other people a lot around safety, for example. So they feel a responsibility to keep their children safe which is this is like could be triggering for people because what do you mean? Like my two or three year old won't know um, that it's not safe to climb there or that the street is not safe or, you know, all kinds of things like even just like the stairs, people put like a gate by the stairs so their kids shouldn't pull down, right? So many of these, these idea things because they feel responsible to keep their children safe. But if you trust and you know that your children have an instinct and they know what they can and can't do. And it's this is just the way I sum it. They'll never climb higher than they feel safe to go down. But that's but that's if they know that you're trusting them, right? So everyone has their edge. Everyone has where they feel safe. So with safety, I, I got that down. Like, I'm good. I know my kids are safe. I don't worry. I don't stress. They can climb wherever they, they can do. I don't put gates on my stairs. I don't do any of that stuff. And for the most part, you know, they're... Aside from the occasional falling off the bed, which I think is is normal and probably part of human experience, <laughs> um, my kids are are safe. That things don't happen, you know, thank God, on a on a general scale. But um, for example, for me, like food, I had this thing in my head, this in my mind, that I I have I'm responsible for that for them to be healthy. So letting go of that and making sure they eat and all that that was hard. And recently, one of my I, I, you know, I was, this is like an inner, um, battle of like, okay, I want to give them to eat. They're probably hungry. And if I don't give them to eat, they're going to be crazy. And they're going to be like bouncing off the walls. So it's like, take a step back. I go into my inner voice and my inner voice will say like, I'll feed them. Right. Or I take care of them. That's what my inner voice said in a session, like a few months ago, I had a session with an, uh, like an IVFT, a fellow IVFT trainee. And we did it all around parenting. And my inner voice kept saying, like, I take care of the children. Like, I do all that stuff, you know? It's me. <laughs> you're just, like, in in a situation where I need you. Like, if I want to use you as the one that's helping them, like, you're the messenger, so to speak, then I'll ping you. I'll let you know, right? But if um, I don't need you, you could just you could relax. Like, you're not needed all the time, you know? And even if you are needed, you're not in charge. You're not in control. So... And it's amazing. I see it happen. I see I let go every day of something else. And my kids came over just yesterday. One of my kids came over to me and said, mommy, I'm hungry. And for me, that was a moment of um, I know that sounds like such a normal thing for a child to say, but it was in a way of where he was really taking control of his hunger and his eating. And I didn't have like it was clear. I didn't have to think about it. I was I was available to offer something to him, but that was it. And so that was that was like that was a moment for me of that's amazing.
0: And I can imagine for anyone that's triggered by, like you said, the safety thing, you can go into your own inner voice and ask the inner voice inside, you know, so if someone's listening to this and feels really uncomfortable with that then it's about going into themselves and finding their own guidance from their inner voice and maybe their inner voice would want like you said that stair gate thing and maybe some other person's inner voice will say they don't need it it's situational it's not a like law
1: (laughs) it's not that every inner voice yeah their inner voices are compassionate they work with where we are right um i don't think it's absolutely I don't think it's as a rule necessary to have it but if you're in a place right like my inner voice won't it won't jump you way ahead of where your comfort zone is right it'll just take you to the next step yeah it loves you infinitely it's never trying to shock you (laughs) exactly
0: exactly but you know I don't know, going but food on deeper- with that gate for you and you
1: got through that. And now yeah. he can say, I'm hungry. I can ch- tell you when I need something. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like that for everything. And you know, it's, I, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, it's really just in our heads that we, that we have to let go of what we think we're doing, but we're not actually doing anyway. Right. Pregnancy you know, is a
0: great example of that. And I want to actually share about your recent pregnancy. You were pregnant before, during IVFT when you were doing the training?
1: Is that? No. So actually, uh, she, was a, she, was a ty- she was like a few months old at that point. Um, and I was sharing with you when I just first came joined the IVFT, I started to share with you my experience. I think that's probably what pushed me into the course. And the first, you know, one of the reasons why I came was that experience because I saw how it changed I saw how just one deep experience with my inner voice changed the course of my labor and birth so drastically. Yeah. Tell Um, us
0: about that. Because I thought that was, because we were speaking during training, I think I just lumped it it into training. Okay. So you did a session with somebody through IVFT
1: before you did IVFT actually as a training. Okay. Tell us about that. Yeah. I signed up for one of the free um, sessions and I was pregnant and I, it's the one thing I told her before because we don't really like, you don't ask any questions as the facilitator cause you don't really want to know anything. But I figured she wouldn't, I, I just, I just said, let me just drop it because I want her, I, I wanted it to come up in the session. I was curious what would happen. So I just told her I'm pregnant and she's like, okay. Um, and then towards the end, I, my inner voice hadn't said a thing about it and towards the end she asked me in her voice, is there anything else you want to share? And like suddenly it started, my inner voice started to talk about labor. Um, now, this was my fourth child and I've had three beautiful home birth, natural birthing experiences before that. So it's not like I was coming from any traumatic experiences. It's not like I said, I need something different this time. But I was very conscious of making the experience even more, like deeper and, and more, I guess, like together with me, I wouldn't have put it this way then, but I wanted it to be an experience really more with my inner voice. You know, I wanted to be more, even more present and even more guided in, in that process. Um, so it's really interesting. So my inner voice started to say, I actually, I actually wrote some of it down. I went through the, the session. I, um, it started to say things like labor is me. All you have to know is labor is me. And this is my inner voice. My inner voice was saying, it's all me. It's all me. And when I look back to it later, now, I think my inner voice must have known that I was going to listen back to the session during labor, which is what I did because it spoke like it kept repeating things almost like the way that you'd like a soothing kind of repetitive way of saying things like, like you would maybe would do when someone's in labor, if that's what they would, feel good with. So, and it, and it just said, it's all me. Labor is me. You're me. The baby's me. It's all me. Like, it's all me. It's okay. You don't have like, and then it said something so beautiful. It said, it's okay. Fear is normal. Don't try to outsmart me and take away your humanness. I made you human because I want you human. So that was like, okay, just, just be, just be with this. It's okay. And then, um, it started to say something like, Let the human birth more of me, more of me, more of me coming through, more of me coming through, coming through, more of me coming through. And that's when the light bulb moment for me was like, Oh, more of more of me me coming through, meaning this this godliness, this this inner voice, this like this bigger part of us that that we all carry, when we're giving birth. There's more of that coming through into the physical world. That's the moment that we're a new soul, a new spark, a new a new entity that's carrying this um, soul, right? This something so big coming through. And I always had known that that's why it's a possible reason why labor is could be so painful because we this is it's kind of like trying to birth something so great and so like powerful through our small human bodies. And so if we're going to try to do it just with our human bodies and our minds or whatever, we're, it's going to be painful, you know? So my inner voice was saying like, open up to me, like open, allow me through. This is just about allowing me through. And it even said something like, I'm not the baby. I'm not someone else. I'm not the child. I'm not another body. I'm just me. Like, it's just me coming through, you know, it's more of me. And then it said, it just said so many amazing things. It said, um, and then once I come through, you don't lose me. And I realized that was another piece of resistance that I had was that carrying a baby in pregnancy, you are you are carrying another soul and there's something very special about that and it feels really good. And letting that go, letting that through, there's resistance there. I don't want to let go of this. This is a beautiful state. I'm carrying, like I'm, you know, this human being is getting formed within me and there's this energetic being that's I'm carrying all the time. And it's, it's such a, it's, it's, there's a high to that. There really is. And letting that go, I've found that difficult in the past. Like there's a crash for me, you know, spiritually and emotionally, I would just be like, ugh. So this was like, you won't lose me. My inner voice was saying, you won't lose me. I'll come through. And there will be more of me in the world. You know, you enjoy the privilege of letting me through. That's Aww. what it said you're still you, you're still whole. Even once I come through in a baby, I don't stop. I'm still here. You just open wider and more comes through and more comes through. And there's just more of me. So that was the message that I was getting. And it was extremely powerful because it just, it literally just took away my fears, you know, it just took away my fears, which I weren't wasn't even aware really, of what those fears were. I had given birth already. I wasn't afraid of labor, right? Like I've done this before, but it was more the deeper subconscious, more like spiritually related fears of not wanting to let go of this spiritual energy that I have or not understanding that I am just a I just have to let this through like i'm I just have to open up like a I'm just a channel. this is coming through me. this is I don't have to do anything here, right that And that we all know. This is what they talk about, you know, the birthing the the teachers that teach about natural birthing and how to bring how to allow your body, it's all about surrender and it's all about allowing and it's all about breathing. They kind of talk about that on a more physical level, right? Like when you breathe and you let go and you relax your body, that's when your body opens up. So this helped me get to that state physically from a more spiritual place because I once I understood that I just need to let this energy come through then I was able to truly, truly relax my body.
0: It's just like and- an inner voice session, as you said that. <laughs> I was just like, that's what yeah. I'm doing with everybody to get them to hear their inner voice, right. is getting them exactly. to relax, surrender, breathe, and let go.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I think that birth is, I was, I just, I I told you that this, I knew the timing of this podcast recording was going to be crucial and I didn't understand why. And I literally just ha- by mistake, this was not planned. Attended the birth of a very close friend of mine literally like three days, four days ago. Really? And, we've been planning yeah. for
0: those to know. We've been thinking about doing this interview for two months
1: maybe. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. We've been back and forth about it. Like, you No, know, we actually planned. We spoke about it first after my baby was born, which was like probably December time. So that's the first time we spoke about it. And then since then, we've been back and forth. So yeah, it's been a long time. But um, I, I was at this birth. And it was a beautiful birth, very similar to mine. And I'm just watching her. and But she's not, you know, fam- as familiar with the inner voice. She doesn't, she's amazing. I love her. But she's not in the same, you know, she's not, you know, in the lively community necessarily. And she's not doing that same work. But watching somebody that's maybe generally more in their mind, just naturally, <laughs> by the force of nature, be forced into her body and into her inner voice just because there's no choice when you're at that point in labor, you just, you have to surrender. Um, but I think the beautiful thing, which, so it was so beautiful to see that, but what I appreciated about my experience and I think anybody doing IVFT or, you know, getting in touch with their inner voice, the benefit of that is that there's thus resistance, right? So our mind just naturally resists going into that state. It's, 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 it's afraid, which is why generally speaking, labor is known as something painful because the body is taking you into a state of more connection with your inner voice. You can't use your mind to give birth. Like, it's just, it, it just, it's, this is something way bigger. You can't than just than inject the baby yeah. when the mind yeah, decides. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You can't. So the body is forcing you into that state, but because we don't know what that state is as right now, as a, our consciousness, we're afraid of that state. It's scary. Right. And we want to stay in the mind and we want to stay in control so it becomes a very painful thing because you have all that resistance right um but if if we're kind of training ourselves to drop in and and starting to recognize where the mind that the mind isn't really us and that it doesn't really do anything and then it's that, right then coming into labor it could really be helpful because we're already more open to allowing and more open to surrendering and more open to letting go. Because as much as you breathe and train your body to do it, if you're still in your head, in your mind, it's, it's not really going to work. And I'm telling you that from experience because that's what happened with my first baby. I learned all the right things. you know, I learned all the right breathing techniques and I took the hypnobirthing course. And it, it's great. It really was great. But honestly, it didn't help me during birth during labor because the power of what the inner voice does to you, it takes you like you have to go from living in your head to living in your body in a matter of minutes or hours and doing that is almost impossible for somebody who's not, who hasn't done that, who hasn't done it before ever. Right? So, and so it did, I felt like it didn't help me. I mean, it was a beautiful birth and everything, but that first birth was really painful. Oh, they were all, all my previous three births were, really painful. They were beautiful. They were natural. I felt amazing and I felt super powerful because you know that feeling of being in your inner voice and you're just completely at ease, but you also feel this like really, you feel powerful because you're getting in touch with your true power, right? So it was kind of that really heightened. I was like, oh my gosh, I could literally take down a building right now. That's how I felt during the birth of my first child and my, and my second child as well. After the birth of my third, I was like, "This is amazing, but why am I still in so much pain? I know that it's possible to go through birth without pain. Like it has to be possible." And so I, I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm gonna." My new, I was like, "I got this down. I know I can give birth. I know I can do it at home. I knew, I know I can do it with, literally just myself, my husband, and a midwife who, is like, just sits in the other room the whole time. Like I'm, I got this. Like I'm an independent birther." <laughs> <I>
0: lo- <you laughs> I've never know? heard that phrase but okay yeah, there we go yeah, Independent birthing.
1: okay yes I I'm an independent birther and I I'm a con like I'm very passionate about empowered birthing because my body was designed to do this I'm in a, thank god my I'm in a healthy place to be able to do that right and I want to take as much I want to I don't mean I don't mean mind control I mean I want to be fully um present with this right like I want to this this is my birth right so um, so by this, by my fourth one before I was like, maybe what I wanted, to do, I was, I knew I wanted more. I felt it. I could feel I wanted more empowerment, but I wasn't, I didn't quite understand what it was. So I toyed with the idea of not having a midwife altogether and just really free birthing, which is fully owning this birth on my own. But I kind of, that didn't feel right. It wasn't at the, point where I was asking my inner voice everything yet. (laughs) So I don't know what my inner voice would have said to that, but I guess it probably would have said not like not to do that because it ultimately didn't guide me that way. Um, but then after this inner voice session, I realized, Oh, like that's what my, that's what it wants. That's what I'm ready for. I'm ready for something more. So after that, I actually also had a session with my, my RTT coach who I occasionally get in touch with. Um and we did a little we didn't do a full RTC session but we just did a little bit work around some old fears just because I wanted to be as clear as I can you know I was ready to do this um fully so I wanted to clear out anything that came up that any that might have been clouding my ability to really fully um completely let go so we did a little bit session on that so that probably helped as well and then I listened to and she created a short recording for me, just like RTT, programming my body to, you know, release exactly what it needs to release and open up where it needs to open up just so subconsciously I know my body's in the right state. So I kind of did those preparations. And then when when I started labor, oh, and I have to say all the breathing that you do in inner voicing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like exactly what you need for labor. Like you don't need to take the courses on how to breathe, because if you did some inner voice sessions, you know how to breathe like you've done it, you know, like all that long exhales, that's exactly what you need during labor. I was reading, I quickly opened one of my books before just to remind myself of what the breathing techniques are. And I was like, oh yeah, just long exhales. That's the whole thing. Like I've done, like I can do this. So, so just from the beginning, I felt the difference. I slipped right into my inner voice and I listened to that session and I was just breathing. And as labor progressed, um, I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is taking a really long time. Like, where's the pain? Why isn't, why isn't, why aren't the the contractions intensifying? And at some point it hit me that they are, and I'm just not feeling it the same way I used to feel it as pain, right? I'm not. It's just all this allowing has literally allowed me to work with my body and open up. It's just the resistance that creates the pain. That's the whole thing. The body can do this. We were created to bear children and birth them and it can't be that it has to be painful. Like that doesn't, that's like a contradiction to nature. Right? So, um, it doesn't mean it's not uncomfortable. It doesn't mean there's like, I didn't feel any pressure or it wasn't exactly like I was just chilling on the beach, but it was better in a way because I was like in such a deep state of connection to myself and to my inner voice and to what was going on, it was, it was, it was in a way it was blissful. It was, it was really magical. And so that's how I just led straight into like the more intense phases of labor. And I just kept listening to my inner voice session over and over again. I, I kind of, um, just remembered the, the, the time on the recording that that part started because it was towards the end of my session and I didn't really need to hear about like my career and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Not relevant in the moment. (laughs) So I just kept rewinding it to that part and I had my my I was just listening and listening. Um up until close to the end. At at that point I was so out of my mind that I couldn't even comprehend like the words anymore. I was like "I, I can't listen to this. It's like not making sense to my mind anymore. Like I couldn't You know, I was so deep in that state that it it almost had no meaning. I didn't need it anymore. So that's when I kind of threw it, threw it, like just took it off. And at that point, I was ready in the water. I I had a water birth and I was just completely in that place. And the only thing I kind of had to keep my mind on consciously was to keep the breathing going. Maybe that was just my fear that I would lose, that I would lose it because this was new to me. I was like, why is this not hurting me? I kept kind of, you know, so I had to. Just say okay. It's because you're breathing. Like my mind needed something to do.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> What's my the problem mind? to solve? There's this is birth. Yeah. There should be a like,
1: big problem right now. Exactly. So my mind, my mind took the job of of making sure that I was breathing correctly, which I probably would have done even if my mind wouldn't have. But that's it. Needed something. So that's that's what I did, and it was it was it was healing. Also, you know, because you think that there have to be problems. This is like healing in general. I find that birth um, heals us as human beings, that the experience that we had, that we go through, and then all the things it triggers, because it could be really triggering birth and then right after birth. And, you know, having that little tiny person that suddenly needs you all the time. And it's just, it's extremely triggering for a lot of people. And it's, it's meant to be that way. Um, I think now I lost my train of thought, but, um, the, oh yeah, it's meant, it's meant to really take us through a journey like that. And I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. No,
0: it's okay. It's so (laughs) beautiful. I had full, full chills and tears because I feel very privileged to be able to share what you just shared with those that are listening, because I know, you know, me consciousness, right? So like, Mm birth is just consciousness coming into this reality, death is consciousness leaving this version of this realm, this reality. And if there's so much fear, like you said, around pregnancy and also death, and everyone that really has listened to the show pretty deeply knows that i've got zero fear of death i also have zero fear of birth because it's just transitions and as humans with fear we make those transitions scary but they actually don't in any way need to be as dramatic and traumatic as they often are and so the idea of putting out that potential out there that you've experienced not just as an idea but as a reality for yourself is so like full body tears tingles like everything that i Hope to leave the planet (laughs) (laughs) is that that it doesn't have to be as hard. It doesn't have to be as much suffering, which is where the mind really kicks in, you know, That, that we can like suffering go that doesn't mean it's not a prevalent experience in this reality for eons of time but as the collective has always said the suffering it's time for the suffering to end the humans didn't that this reality doesn't need to include the level of suffering that's currently still swirling that we can find these more easeful places and the inner voice is that gateway to that place that is not afraid and is not in suffering ever the ever. mind is where it lives the suffering ever. but it's never yeah. in the inner voice so what if you exactly. I so thank you for sharing that I, yeah and I'll <laughs>
1: just I'll just I'll just add quickly what also helped me because me and Abraham we were talking about it and we were like at the end of the day we still have it ingrained in our in our psyches and our, our stories that labor is, is difficult and painful I mean wherever you go that's what people talk about anytime you bring up the topic of birth with anyone who had a baby, oh my gosh, it was so painful, blah, blah, blah. It's in your, it's in, it's programmed. So we worked a little bit to deprogram that. You know, like I read some stories about births where, because I knew that it's possible. Before my first baby, I had read all the stories. I watched the YouTube videos of like these amazing, relaxing births where the mother's in the water and the water's dark and the room is dark and there are candles lit and music going and the baby just comes and you're like, wow, I want a breath like that, right? And then after, my, after my first was actually born, I was like, well, that was amazing, but it wasn't quite like that. I was screaming. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, I I guess I'm just, I'm a pretty, you know me. I'm, I express, I'm an expressive person, pretty vocal. So maybe that's just the way I do it. Right. I didn't quite. So I kind of just accepted that at first. So it wasn't until this baby where I said, wait, no, something else is possible. It is possible. So I read those stories again, just to remind myself that it's possible. And so that I can kind of let go a little bit of, of that. Yeah. That notion and the suffering part, that was the other piece. It was like another big piece for me was I deserve to give birth without pain. Like, I don't have to go through this. I don't have to earn this, you know, through, through the pain and the suffering. I think there's this idea out there that it's like, it somehow makes the birth holier if you were in pain. Or do, you <laughs> you think know? That it,
0: do you think it makes you a better mom if you suffer more? Are you sacrifice but, more.
1: No, I think people maybe subconsciously feel f- resentful or, or, you know, it's, 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 it's a hard, you have to get over that. You have a baby, but you just went through so much. There's, it, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, it's necessary if it happened. Like if it happened to you, it's part of your journey. It's part of your, it's part of your. It's allowed. Learning. It's not exactly. a bad thing if it happens. Exactly. Because nothing's bad. And because it's exactly where you needed to be in the moment. And your inner voice knew that. So that was perfect. But if you are seeking a, a, a pain, free labor and birth, and if you're seeking, it is entirely possible, like without a question and you deserve it. You deserve it. You 100%. There's no reason why you shouldn't or can't have that. And don't let other people talk you out of it. Don't let them say, well, birth is supposed to be like that. And don't let them talk about the curse of Eve and don't let them do that. Just just go inside to your inner voice and you ask your inner voice what it says. That's yes, it. <laughs> exactly.
0: And if you don't even all of this go into what is pain in her voice? Is does birth need to be painful in her voice? Do I need to suffer in her voice? Like go check in with yourself as those that are listening right. are going into this and they might like, go, "Oh my gosh, but it was painful. Did I deserve that?" No, that's not like you're being punished. But <laughs> go into your inner voice exactly. it'll help you to find the clarity for your own situations whether it's pregnancy or obviously anything in life. But yeah, just to be able to um, I feel personally like this is my last, last life. <laughs> this is my, I'm here to be, to be on the way out. But as I stay for the remainder of what's left here now, I love that you're sharing this and that this little place and this little corner of the world and this, this reality is choosing to believe there are potentials and examples of life being easier and more flowy. And more peaceful in and out of this reality, and within, in within and out of the reality, that it can be more grace-filled and trusting
1: along the way. One hundred percent. I love that. Okay, so
0: how did actual IVFT? So you kind of got all of this from doing this session or two with yeah, some people. Isn't that oh, that's yeah, a, that's a lot for having a few sessions. <laughs> One session
1: with Melissa. She was great, and and that really put me. And then again, yeah, it was it was it it was it was, it was magical that birth was magical. I'll never forget. And it was the first birth that afterwards I didn't think I could never do this again, which anybody who went through it knows what I'm talking about, right? There's just like, why would I ever, I can't do this again. Like it takes a long time till you come to a place where like, okay, maybe I can think about doing that again because it's really intense and sometimes really painful. And this was the first time where I said, okay, I can, I can imagine doing that again. That, that was amazing. (laughs) So yeah. Oh,
0: so what made you decide
1: to do IVFT? Um, Well, my inner voice, I I always wanted to do it from the beginning, um, but my inner voice had just wasn't the right time. My inner voice told me not to up until that point at which my inner voice just said to do it. So that was that. Like, I don't even know why I did it then and not the other times. But now I know because I made such good friends and I feel so like soulmates with me. (laughs) Like these are people I had to know. I must have known them. Like I feel so close to them that my inner voice knew I had to be with them, I guess.
0: Oh, your crew came together (laughs) at that time. So that's when it worked out. And that's amazing. How did it influence or impact your life so far?
1: Oh, that's a big question in, I mean, every way possible, in every way possible. Um, Just doing inner voice sessions with other, I guess I shouldn't say this because I've never done consistent inner voice sessions with someone else, not in IVFT. So the it's mainly the extent of how much you're with your inner voice and how much you're talking to your inner voice and asking it and just transitioning into becoming someone who lives with her inner voice. That's an entirely different existence. It just is, you know? Um, So I don't know if it's possible any other way. I know that with IVFT it's possible because you are just immersing yourself in it and you're making all these new friends that you can do it with each other. And then even now, since that has like that, um, period has sort of passed like we're still in touch and we still inner voice with each other but not as much as we did right after but I am now turning to my inner voice much more I'm living with my inner voice much more well now I have a new goal and that is to live with as my inner voice I didn't even realize that's what I wanted before I didn't even understand what that meant you know so just um being able to yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's just, it's just literally, <clears throat> um, waking up in the morning and just being like inner voice, like it's your day. Like it's, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you where What would you have me do now? And it's, it's the mind resists. The mind is like, you have to feed the baby. The mind is like, you have to do errands. The mind is like, and I'm like in inner voice, what do you want? What do you want? And I hope that I probably won't have to for the rest of my life ask my voice every morning because I think that as I flow into really really allowing manner voice to lead it'll just I'll feel it it'll be more natural exactly. it's just what I'll do exactly when I wake up in the morning yeah like yeah that's what I'm hoping for but I recognize that now I still need to ask and I'm okay with that because it's I'd, better than I'd doing rad- the errands from your mind yeah exactly I'm done with that I do not want I'm like so done with that That I would rather ask my inner voice like thirty thousand times a day than go into that place because it's not worth it. So Yes, can I just
0: so point that out for people? Yeah, so you're wondering please. if they're wondering like what she's going through, and it sounds like oh that sounds really complicated or whatever. What you're when you're in default, when you're in an unconscious state, you're just running from the mind and the programs that have been placed in it by your upbringing and your mass consciousness environment that you're in. There's not a lot of sovereignty there at all. It's mostly programming. So when you're living without from the mind, then you're going to be doing a lot of those things that are like conditioning and expectations of others that you've been take, taken on as yourself, and now you think they are yourself, but they're not even the deeper part of yourself. They're just programs in the mind. So what she's doing and Nahama is saying, and I've done the same as well, is like turning to the inner voice is turning to a completely different frequency of yourself that is beyond all of the problems and shoulding and woulding and suffering and expectations. So she's going there because otherwise right now the mind could easily slip back into a default state of the shoulding and woulding and all that stuff. So she's, but she knows that she's not going to stay in that having to ask forever. Eventually that place that she's as asking and receiving from all the time will become the state that she arises from bed in and then she'll flow through her day, not going into back into default mode, but going from this easeful trusting place without having to ask the question, but IVFT is extremely helpful to be a crutch. It's or like a walker or whatever word you want to say to like help you go from crawling or let's say like let's say crutches like it's it's a stepping stool. It's a a transitional period between mind control and your inner voice completely just living through and as and as you. So this is just a transition to help the mind in a bit more peaceful way without having to have an Eckhart Tolle level breakdown, which even Mm. if we wanted to have the Eckhart Tolle level breakdown of wanting to kill yourself. So your ego like surrenders, Mm. that's you had, he had to want to kill
1: himself over a really long time. And even then he couldn't have made it happen. (laughs) You don't have the eject Um, button. You know, believe me, there are plenty of little breakdowns along the way. You know, because even just a little bit of letting go of those, that programming, there's a part of you that freaks out. Like oh, every the beanbags come up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they, do. <laughs> they do. And I just, I remember after one of those breakdowns and I was like, who am I? What am I? Like, why am I here on this world? You know, you get into that place of like, wait, you just took everything away from me inner voice, like all my purpose, yep. right? My inner voice told me to stop working. It told me to stop taking so much responsibility for the kids told me to stop thinking about like my home, you know, and I was like, well, in her voice, like what, you know? And I remember I was feeling really like empty and, and f- like confused. And I came, I came up to bed. Abraham was already in bed. I was like, Abraham, like, what am I doing? Like, what's going on here? Like, who am I? Why am I here? Like the, all those questions. And he said, you're a, you're becoming a beer in a world of doers. And he, he took that quote from you actually. <laughs> I was like, how did you know what to say? Like, how did you know that exactly what I needed to hear? I'm looking at him like, are you like a prophet? Oh, Abraham is special. Um, well, he, his yeah. name is
0: Abraham. Let's be honest. He's a <laughs> rabbi for those listening too, which I didn't know in his inner voice session. And so we were going through this stuff and I just happened to touch on, Oh, so you're God, right? Or what people call God as you. And he breathed and breathed. And I was like, okay, we're just getting through some resistance. <laughs> and I later through the inner voice session realized through his inner voice said rabbi. And I was like, oh, what? Like I had no clue going into that. <laughs> oh, he's amazing he's actually I want to touch on him in a second but here's a question for you Mm. in the before if you will and after of connecting to your inner voice how has parenting shifted how have you shifted as a parent
1: oh yeah yeah tremendously um okay I'll be really honest in case other people relate to this um I don't enjoy like parenting the same exact way maybe other people do or I don't know like I I love my. I love being around with my kids. I love connecting with them as people. I, I see them as people, you know. Um, I don't like to. I don't like to be. I I appreciate that I'm needed, like when they're dependent on me, like a, a baby needs to nurse, right? That like that's that's fine. But I, I I appreciate children being independent, like because I see them as people, and I want them to be able to be in charge of themselves. So the whole like you called it once to me in an inner voice session, you said, helicopter America, right? Like that whole idea of like being very involved and being a good mom is someone who like does everything for her kids or makes, you know, and then if she doesn't, at least she's trying to do the right thing all the time. That whole parenting that just, it was killing me. It was, I I couldn't, it gave me a lot of anxiety. I was not happy (laughs) because I'm a beer. I'm not a doer and I don't want to do so much. So it took a lot of inner voicing and my, and, and my inner voice would say extreme things to me at the time. Like it would say, I'm watching your children. You don't have to leave the bedroom now because my kids would be playing and they'd be screaming, fighting. I'd be like, they need me. And my inner voice is like, I've got it. You can stay here. I'd be like, I have to go help my kids, watch them, help them. feed the, 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 the. And my inner voice is like, no, if they need you, I'll let you know. So it felt extreme to me at the time, right? And I had that really cool story where I was actually yes, the Wi Fi. Yes, I want yeah, to that tell that story. story. Yeah, I was in an inner voice session and my inner voice was talking to me about this and saying, I'm in charge. I take care of the kids. If I need you, I'll let you know. But you can just relax, do your thing, have fun, be in your in your space. And suddenly the Wi Fi went out and I my inner voice session got interrupted. So I had to go downstairs to check out what happened. And on my way back, I heard my baby crying. She was hungry. And it would not have heard her if I had been in the inner voice session because I was in a different room with the door closed. And I didn't ex- hadn't been expecting her to wake up. So that was like the coolest example. I came back on and I was like, guess what? My inner voice just turned off the Wi-Fi so that my baby could get fed.
0: Isn't and, that amazing?
1: Yeah. I was like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about it. It's just incredibly relieving and freeing and allows me to be instead of just my mind, just constantly thinking about what has to get done. Because if you're in that mode, it's endless. It's literally endless, you know? So my inner voice really just talking me through a lot of that and uh, like teaching me the concept more and more deeper about how my children are sovereign beings and how each of them are and how I cannot hurt them. Like it's impossible for me to hurt them, and all that stuff because as parents we feel guilty when we hurt our our children, right? Like we just we just do. We feel. I mean, I think that guilt is like comes with parenting today. Like it's just automatic if we don't if we don't do this work because we just if we think we're responsible, which we do, then when we hurt them we it's our fault like that they're being hurt or damaged or whatever. And so my inner voice in other sessions has told me or at other times has told me, you know, they're each choosing their experience and this is part of what they chose. And you can't hurt them without them inviting it or wanting it or asking for it. So it's not to say that I don't want to be a mom who doesn't yell at my kids, right? Like I want to go through my process of understanding my triggers and realizing where I'm out of alignment or in resistance that's creating, that's causing me to yell. Cause I don't, necessary. It doesn't feel good as a person. I don't want to yell. It doesn't feel good. Right. But allowing, like allowing that to be because they're not being hurt. It's exactly what they need. It's exactly where you are. It's, it's all good. Like everything's fine. Everything's okay. You know, that whole concept was like, Whoa, you mean I don't like, I'm not bad like for no. yelling at my kids, Like you know, that whole thing. Yeah. So it's a it's whole thing because of, I mean, yeah. sorry to like,
0: what oh, I was girl. seeing as you were sharing that is the reason I'm wondering, there's so much guilt, because I can relate to what you're saying around the idea of parenting and guilt around it. I think where that may stem from is the awareness, especially in more recent generations, um, possibly for longer than this, but especially in like <laughs> the recent generations that are parents now, there's a huge awareness as parents parents as they're unpacking the pain Mm -hmm. and traumas that were done to them by their parents and the experiences they had growing up, they're very extra aware of the pattern repeating itself through them with their children or being afraid of whatever their children are gonna have to unpack about their experiences with them as the parent that quote unquote messed it up. And so it's actually the state of like that bruisedness and hurt that's afraid of hurting. But when they've healed, once you've gone through that Experience Like I had growing up a lot more stories around my parents and so forth. But as I released all those beanbags now, I have yeah. like, no, I'm like, of course they did that. Like, what else could you expect if they were feeling that beanbag in them when they were doing the thing that exactly. they were doing? Like there's no more judgment in me towards them. Mm-hmm. So now I would have a totally different type of experience than if I was still yeah. in the healing part of it where I hadn't released all the pain that mm-hmm. was trapped in me from my experiences. Once you've released those, there's no more judgment. There's just compassion for the yeah. parents did the thing. But if the parent doesn't have that compassion for their parents yet completely, then they're going to be holding on to that in themselves for their children as well because they don't yeah. know it's possible to
1: heal from difficulties. Exactly. So they think so their well kids said. are going to be stuck right. with it too. Yeah, yeah. We live in that. We, live, we have that fear. I love that you mentioned the beanbags because how could I forget to say that that was probably the biggest like practical, practically... practically the biggest piece that got me to where I am. So of course, tuning into my inner voice all the time is so important. But if I, if you don't do those beanbags, then you're, you're kind of going to get stuck where you are. Like you're not going to be able to go deeper. And so for months, like literally for months after IVFT, I was just perpetually releasing bags.
0: A lot of people go through that. It's a
1: big thing. But you know what, guys? It's not psychic. You
0: don't have to go purge in the woods with a shaman. You can do this safely Mm -hmm. in your own home with your own awareness. And that's where the real um, work can be done sustainably and healthfully. Uh, When the awareness is ready, it releases in a way that's safe. It's kind of like probably childbirth, right? The contractions and so forth go in a place in a
1: space that's right for that body. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's okay to, I mean, I guess I invited it. It was intense and it was a lot. And, but it's fine. I can just, I'm, I'm a busy mom. Like I'm in it living in, I'm not in the woods. Right. And I just go to my room, close the door and take as long as I need to take. And I just tell myself anytime my mind gets like, what are you doing? You know, your kids need you or da. it's just like, I just tell myself like, this is the best thing you can do for anyone in this house right now. Like take as much time as you need to release this beanbag because you're doing them the biggest favor. <laughs> yeah,
0: because that's the part that's going to make you want to yell in the first place. Exactly. The reaction that's over the top is always from the pain from the past. So the yeah. over the top triggers are those old old beanbags that are still there. So you yeah. releasing really that's going to calm you down for the most yeah. that you can ever do in the future.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's such a good feeling. <sighs> just don't resist. I just want to say, like, don't resist the beanbags. They, it feels so good to let them go. So, yeah, the process is a little like, uh, you know, but... I don't know. Like it's. Would you ever
0: want them back? Would you ever want to go and have never released all that you've released? Oh my gosh. No way. Right? No way. It's like a straitjacket going back in. Once you release them, the freedom on the other side is undescribable.
1: Yeah. And and it it does end. My inner voice kept saying it will end because I was like, will this ever end? Why am I perpetually in beanbag state? Like this is crazy. I'm always getting a beanbag every five minutes. I'm like going crazy. And I was like, yes, it will. It will slow down. And it did. I still release beanbags, but it's not like that anymore. It's not, I'm more in a, and I'm more in a flow state. I'm more connected with my inner voice now. And, um, yeah, it will. And another thing I wanted to say about IVFT, where it, it took me was out of the place of problems. I think that even with all my spiritual work, which is, you know, this has been a journey of years and I think probably anyone listening will relate, you know, we're, we're, this is our, we're, this is what we're doing. This is why we're here. We've, we are seekers and we're we're just gonna spiritually grow and change all the time. That's who we are. So I've been doing that my whole life, but I have not successfully been able to let go of the mindset of there's more I wanna change, there's more I wanna work on, there's more I I wanna, you know, that um, there's still a problem kind of feeling. Like where's the next problem? And even if the problem was more of a spiritual nature, like where I wanna work on this or I wanna change that, or I wanna be able to achieve that state, right? Let alone like the other problems of like, you know, my child has this issue. How do I help him? Or I'm not making enough money, you know, those kind of problems, which the mind likes to grab onto really quickly. But then there's the trickier problems of they they come in more, they look more spiritual, right? It's like, oh, I want to be able to, you know, be in that state or there's just always something else I want to get to. And I, the inner voice cured me. (laughs) It cured me. It was like, you are good. Right here, right now. Like there's nowhere to go, and in my mind, it'd be like, but I want to be like this, and I want to feel this, and I. And like, no, you know, like this is, and of course, obviously, that's the way I want to. That's the way to get to exactly what I wanted, but the mind doesn't get that. So, so yeah, I have reached a place where I literally feel like there's. I'm like, wait, what's the problem I want to fix today? and like nothing comes to mind (laughs) that is so (laughs) beautiful there's that okay whatever there's that little thing that my kid does or there's that little issue in my home where there's that like leak you know the pipe leaking whatever it's like you know it doesn't it doesn't just doesn't hit you in the same place you just don't care
0: But you still can things- get the leaks taken care of. It's not like people <laughs> are living in like complete, you know, uh, no, disarray. Like, it just means you know, that things happen more smoothly.
1: Yeah, it's the opposite. Things happen more magically. Like I've been noticing how things just happen. You know, things just and, – and that's what my inner voice had said. Allow things to happen. Allow – and there was all the guilt of what it – like I don't want – why should I make people do it for me? Like for some reason my mind thought that if I'm not doing it, that it means other people have to do it for me. Um But no, things just flow in all kinds of, you know, interesting ways where maybe somebody did it, but they were doing it anyway. So it didn't, they weren't doing anything. They weren't, I didn't feel like they were doing something special for me, but they just, you know, it just happened. Like I'm trying to think of a good, yeah, things just flow. All these problems, it's like, they're not problems because I know they'll just resolve themselves. So I don't have to worry about them. Beautiful. You know,
0: one of the yeah. things I remember with Abraham to go to him. So he did his inner voice session before you did yours, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was the first one.
0: Okay. So I yeah. love that. So what, here's a question. I never asked him this cause I haven't asked him, but <laughs> what made him want to do the inner voice session?
1: Um, he's been like watching me sort of jealously. Um, well, not really because he's been on the journey with me, but I was the one who um, got really into the inner voice and I was starting to ask myself and talk to my inner voice a little bit more. And I think that he felt like he wants to learn how to do that. Like he, he, you know, and he was listening a lot to your stuff, like to your, your, we had taken a couple of your courses together. Like he, he was already in it, but it maybe wasn't as natural or easy for him to tune into his inner voice. So when I booked the session and I said, I booked the session, and I don't like, I didn't have any, I didn't, I didn't book it for myself. I said one of us could take it. So he kind of looked excited about it. So I was like, you take it. Cause I knew I would do one <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and I was like, you should just take it. <laughs> so he did. And he, he said it was life changing. I'm so excited. Why was it yeah, life changing for him? I think that the experience of being, and, and, and this is, I just want people to know this because there's one thing where you connect to your inner voice for a few minutes here and there. And and it's so important, like I said, in the beginning to constantly check in with your inner voice, but the inner voice session of two hours being connected to your inner voice is like indescribably powerful and yeah, life-changing because you don't even know what that means or what that feels like to really be connected to your inner being for such a long time. And I think that's what he felt was so transformational to really feel his inner being to be connected. You know, he said he felt like he was blowing up, like his whole body was like huge. And then I got to experience that during IVFT. If you remember when we did that, like long, um, Oh
0: yes, yes, action. yes.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was amazing. All the tingling feeling, uh, just physically experiencing your inner being in your body and connecting with that, like true self of yours, that's virtual and feeling yourself beyond your body. Yeah. feeling your mind just shut down, that's just, it's amazing. Once you do it once, you kind of know it's there and you can connect back with it. So it really got him in the flow of connecting with his inner voice. So now he also has to do it, right? You have to, he's, we, following up, You your mind will still create resistance. So you want to be a little bit conscious to go back into your inner voice until it becomes more natural. But that is, it, that's, it's a great way to start by having that session. It
0: is. And actually it's interesting as a topic. So I was working with our foundation director Nishi about what we're going to do for the next round of IVFG grants. So the inner facilitator grants and the people that get the grants are, in exchange for the grant do free sessions. And we usually pick a different population each time that we want to serve with a different focus. So we did people that were transitioning in and out of life with pregnant women and terminally ill people in a recent round. This next one Nishi had the idea to work and serve with men and those that are in any gender transition, any direction. So we obviously have many incredible women that have been a part of this from day one. And most of my audience is female identifying, if you could say, but the number yeah. of men has been much smaller overall in our community overall and obviously those that are transgender as well. So that is the focus we're actually gonna do for the free sessions going into this next round is the men and those that are in gender transition to help serve a different population mm-hmm. than typically comes, which we're so excited about That's because so great. I know, I feel yeah. like Abraham was a unique one to actually like do the session, come in, you know, come in especially like a year or two ago when he did it. But now I've noticed even for myself as I share what I do with people that I meet day to day there's a big interest I can tell more from men as I share they'll say Mm -hmm. and and a belief in them as I share it that they can do it because I think a lot of them in the earlier years when I was doing this 10 years ago they wouldn't even think that they had an inner voice or that they could hear it so they didn't even ever think it would be useful because it was not even a potential they could imagine and now there is a more interested um, spark that I notice even just in regular people that aren't seeking me out as such but they can when they hear it, they go, Oh, I, they, they can see the potential in themselves to do it.
1: Yeah. And it's important that they know I'm just, this brings to mind my brother-in-law who I was, my sister kind of got into inner voice more and he, and she's has a great connection with her intuition. And she started to ask her inner voice pretty often questions. And I would watch him like, kind of look on jealously, like, and at one point I said, you can do this too. (laughs) Like, you also have an intuition. Like, you don't have to just <laughs> look at your wife and be like, she's so lucky, right? Because they're more in their minds. It's just, it's, they they have the masculine, right? Yeah, energy. the masculine like, duality
0: is mental. Exactly. As a yeah. general energy, right?
1: Yeah. So they, but, they're so he good kind at of, cha- he put me up to the challenge. He said, can you help me connect with Maynard Voice? And it was important. I noticed, and I'll say this for any men that might be interested in trying it, it was important to go a little bit slower and connect him with the feelings in his body before he heard words, because because men are mental and they are wordier. So it's like harder for them to connect the words to the, to the feeling, to the sense, you know? So it was more just about getting him into his body. And then I, I you know, the words thing, it wasn't working so well, so I just said, Tell me when you kind of feel a change or a shift inside. And he was like, at one point he was like, yeah, that resonates. I was like, oh, that's his, That's his thing. The resonating. Everybody will find another way to just sense it. And so we built on that. We built on the resonating feeling. And then I hope it wasn't a very long session, but I hope that that's like will be the seed for him to grow that, you know. So it is important for, I think, for them to really get into the sensation in their body. That's beautiful. Because, yeah.
0: Actually, I want to also share a little... I think Abraham would be okay with this. We've talked about it in IVFT um, with the group as well as he's popped in through your (laughs) being in the calls. Um, His inner voice had told him as a rabbi that he didn't have to prepare before he did his presentations, that he could speak and teach without a lot of preparation. And then that was yeah. a big shift as he's given me some follow-up emails because I was, I was like, let me know how it goes because he was really right. um, uh, fearful in the mind that he mm-hmm. wouldn't do as good a job if he did. But exactly. it sounds like that's been one of the most major shifts for him is that he doesn't prepare for work now. And doesn't
1: he have another Absolutely. job because he's not spending yeah. time preparing yeah. or something? Exactly. He had another job in the morning. Yeah, yeah, the times that he was normally preparing, which was, which was incredible. And he yeah, it's been, it's still, there's still, it's been amazing. And he, and he let go, like, it's incredible to watch it happen. And he has some really crazy stories, like where he totally didn't prepare and he's in the middle of teaching. And, and so, and he teaches Talmud, which is, um, like the Jewish, like law, basically it's, 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 and it, but it's not just law. It's like deep. Um, it's, it's, it takes a lot of like, it's deep thinking. It's, reason, logic, like there's a lot and it's, it's just, it's fast. And it's so, and there's a lot of, um, there's, there's a lot to cover and there's a lot to know. And there's, it's kind of like endless, you know? So there's that feeling of like, I might be missing something if I don't prepare, right? Like how do, how will I know that there's a commentary on this thing? Or how will I know that there's a book that goes, delves more deeply into this topic if I don't prepare? <laughs> how will I know? How will I know? How will I know? So, and he has like these crazy stories where Um, his, he'll ask her his inner voice, like what to, what to focus on or what to teach. And it will, it will guide him to a passage in the book or in, and it will be exactly what one of his students had just asked, like the answer to it or something, (laughs) It's
0: incredible. It sounds magical, but that's what we're living now. We can do this. It is a potential.
1: It's literally a breath away. (laughs) It's not hard, but I will say the challenges like bringing up also the challenges there have been some students, probably more mental minded ones who have complained Mm -hmm. that the, the, the lectures might be less stimulating. And that was a challenge for him. Like he had beanbags around that and his inner voice, um, you know, just had to tell them, tell, remind him that even those students, like it's in their head, in their minds, they want more, but they don't realize that what he's, he's um, modeling something that they need, that they just don't know they need, or they don't, rec- they don't see it as a need, right? They just want more mind stimulation. And so his inner voice was like, you're, no, this is to stick with this. Cause he'd be like, maybe I should, you know, make it more, um, complicated lesson for them because they, you know, and it, and his inner voice was like, no, this is what they need. This is good for them. And, and they're, you're feeding them something that no one else is feeding them. Like they're, they're hungry for this. They just don't know it because they've been trained to want more brainy kind of lessons, you know? So yeah that's so beautiful
0: and very powerful because in a world where they've been trained to use their mind the plow horse i always say you could hear me say this in ivft but like i always think of minds like horses and they were free running roaming horses and they got domesticated and trained and they got put into fields and farms and they are good at plowing the fields in the beginning they were probably put there by others enforcing their will upon them like a real horse you know the real horses weren't Growing up wanting to be barn horses, you know, that wasn't their dream, but they were put in situations like that. Now we're at a time and place in reality where often the biggest... A horse trainer is the mind itself now forcing itself to plow the fields and have the Fitbits and look at all of the tracking of every productivity metric possible of the human in a mental space and quantification of everything and so the stronger minds like these uh, you know students that you're mentioning they're really strong horses and so they've become very good at doing those plowing field things and it's terrifying to the mind that's so good at this one skill to go leave the farm and go hang out in the fields and just eat the apples that fall down on the ground and not have to plow. They're like, What do you yeah. mean? I'm supposed to eat the certain amounts of hay and I'm supposed to eat this metric of this. And I have to intermittent fast. Like, they're so mental about things because that's yeah. what they've become good at. And so it's really extra hard for the strong minds to leave that skill as just what it is, but not a defining limitation to what they are because they think yeah. that they're so much better at it than other less right. strong minds. So yes, right. in the mind game, they can out arm wrestle the other minds, great. Exactly. But that actually becomes its own limitation to the expansiveness of the consciousness that yeah. we are. Yeah. And so they're actually more trapped because exactly. of their strength in a
1: sense. And, and I'll say this just for the minds who are still like afraid, but I shouldn't have to say this, meaning, and I'll explain what I mean in a second. When you do that, like when you like allow that to go, you end up with more, you end up with more knowledge. You end up with more wisdom. You end up with more, like you're open, open vessel for everything you've ever wanted, like in your mind and in your life, like that, right. Like, but because the mind thinks that this is the way you get it. So it's afraid to let go. But really when you let go of that, you're opening up all potentials and possibilities for it to come to you. like these boys think they need that lecture in order to learn this and this and know that and that, in order to advance to let's say the next level of what the next class they want to take, for example. Right. But it's like, actually you can get there without that you'll get it. You know, but I think that the reason why I say, I don't want to have to say this is because when you are letting go, you feel like you're going to lose it. And that's an important part of the process, right? Like I might not, have it. I might not be the smartest. I might not, you know, graduate with this, these, you know, as validator. I might, I might not. And being willing to let go of that is part of the process of, of, um, letting go of that mind control. And of course, after that is when you can, <laughs> but, but you, that can that you have to be, well, it's everything's good. Like the inner voice says, like, I don't need you to be that. I don't need you to know that. Like you're good the way you are. You can even drop the class, Right. The inner voice doesn't care. So that's important.
0: It can actually study for them. I I love working with some college students that do IVFT. And then I go to the inner voice about stuff. And they'll often say, like, let us do the studying or let us write the papers. (laughs) So it'd be fun to do a whole, like, focus on students and seeing how they could use that in a college setting, for example, and find ways to leverage this wisdom inside themselves so that they don't always have to rely exclusively on the mind.
1: Yeah. Or like even as a mom, right? Like my inner voice will be like, I don't care if you never stop yelling at your kids. You're still good. Like it's okay. And and I'd be like, "What? Like, isn't it my job in life to like become a mom who's more patient? And my inner voice is like, no, it's not. Now, you and I both know that the process of doing this is actually helping me get less triggered <laughs> and yeah. be a calmer mom. But but in a moment, my inner voice doesn't even care doesn't doesn't care about that. It doesn't it's it doesn't have the same goal. It's <laughs> literally <laughs> you know? not.
0: No. And you ask the <laughs> inner voice like, what is the purpose of this reality? To experience, play, have fun, be like it doesn't have anything serious exactly. in its mind. It's a sense of it's not even a mind, but it's definitely here for different reasons than the minds skill sets we've cultivated thus far. So what exactly. would you tell someone who's considering IVFT the next round?
1: Uh um, well, obviously ask your inner voice. <laughs> um, don't just do it because your mind thinks it's the right time. But if you are, you know, if you're unsure for any reason, and you know, and your inner voice is guiding you there, um, take the leap, you know, it's probably just fear of where it's going to take you. Cause it's going to expand you. It's going to take, take you to the deeper place inside of yourself. It really opens up possibilities for anything because, See, just what you're giving everybody is like a gift that's bigger than any other spiritual teacher, because while people are teaching amazing things, then even I keep on learning new stuff and it's just who we are, right? We keep learning. We, it's just, it's fun. It's fun for us, right? It's part of the play that I like to do. But at the end of the day, all I really need is Maynard Royce. Like I don't need any of that stuff, right? Because, and if if I am discovering more things along the way, it's because Manner Voice led me there. So first get the key. Like first yeah. get in there. Yeah. Get like, the GPS and then let it take yeah. you where it wants to get. Yeah, the GPS. That's exactly what I um the the like analogy that I love to use, the GPS. Because um yeah, it's an interesting time. It's actually like we're just past the high holidays for the Yeah, you know. Yom Kippur just happened. Yeah, Yom Shoshana. Kippur and Exactly. And and Yom Kippur is a day of like cleansing from sin and, and people, I think like their minds get all caught up on that, you know? So I actually just gave a, like a little workshop and I said, listen, your soul, your inner voice is like your GPS. And no matter what you do, it's going to reroute you. <laughs> like no matter what happens. And that's the gift. Like I was just trying the analogy to Yom Kippur. That's like Yom Kippur is like a big day of just like taking you back to where you like an inner inner sense where you want to be um and yeah that's a gift of it that's a gift your inner voice is giving you all the time (laughs) it's like just rerouting you like to just if you get in touch with your GPS, like you're gold like you're you're good and this the love the love that comes from it like the love that comes from your inner voice to you like all anything you've ever learned about um self-love will just like be like, Oh, I, that was self-love. Like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Like if you don't experience the love from your inner voice, like you have no idea what self-love is and you're trying, I know you're trying to love yourself because that's what everyone says to do. And because you know that that's the answer, but love it, you can't do to love yourself. There's no action you can take to love yourself. You have to really tap into the love that's within and your inner voice holds it. It holds the love that you have inside of you for you and when you start to feel that like there was a time that my inner voice would literally just like send me waves of love and it'd be like whoa what is this like i would almost resist it because it felt like wrong like what i'm just sitting here like with love coming on me like it's not even we're so conditioned to getting love from other people and that's what love means in our society like we don't even realize And, and my inner voice would be like no this is the source of all love like any love you feel from other people this is where it has to come first like there's no Nobody else could really love you, right? No, like they love no. you, but you, you, you can't, like, this is it. You can't it. feel this... it directly. Only through exactly. yourself does it ever exactly. felt. Exactly. And, and if you can't really feel that feeling of love from within yourself, you're limiting yourself to love altogether. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is this and is, then, and it loves you <laughs> even
0: Nahama when you're yelling at your kids. It doesn't exactly. think that I need to love you less because you yelled at your kids yesterday. It doesn't exactly. have any opinion about the things. It's it's truly unconditional
1: Here. love. Exactly, exactly, unconditional love. Exactly, and. So yeah, it's the door. It's the, it's just like open the door. Like, it, like just open the door to yourself and then let everything else happen. Like it's just, I think it's crucial. Like if you're on a spiritual journey, ask your inner voice if it's the right time. But if you're here, this is probably crucial for you. I, I will say that.
0: <laughs> and it's a lot more peaceful with the amount of things on the planet that are changing at this point in history is only beginning to become apparent, but with everything that's going to occur in the next 10 to 20 years with technology and AI and everything that's about to, just around the corner, essentially, in a post-COVID world, finding that place of peace inside yourself and the guidance and wisdom when the world's getting more mental and getting a bit more uh, stressed is a really nice tool to have connection to.
1: Yeah, it's so... Yeah, I think it's gonna become a point where it's more than just really nice, where it's if you have it, you'll survive. And if you don't, you won't. Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> I think <just> <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean listen, we all have an inner voice and in our and no matter whether we're consciously connected to it or not, it is guiding us to the exact experience we need all the time. Yeah. So that we can trust. Like that's what I meant about the GPS thing, like with Yom Kippur, it was like no matter what you do that you think is no good or however you want to like translate like wrong it which is really you know it's not there's no such thing but um you're you voice is it's, it's you're good like you're you're you are exactly where you need to be all the time like that's i think that's the gift that's the realization it's not yeah so beautiful
0: well thank you Nahama, so much for coming on the
1: show this has been a, such a joy to have you here yeah, it's been. I'm so I'm so happy it happened, <laughs> exactly the right moment, and it's it's always a pleasure, Jess. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Nahama.
0: And there you have it. Thank you so much, Nahama, for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. Like I shared earlier, if you want to reach out to Nahama, you can do so on the lively community app. Her handle in the lively community app is at n-e-c-h-a-m-a and as always you can find us here on the lively show if you want to listen to other episodes in our archive and you can also go on the app to just say hi and meet other community members as well and IVFT like I mentioned earlier starts October 18th so if your intuition feels it's a fit we're excited to work with you until next week may something wonderful happen to you today